the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Imagine being in the 1600s. You're a slave who's been bought, and then all of a sudden the shackles have been released, and you've been set free. How would you respond? We'll talk about that coming up next. I would imagine it would be a pretty incredible moment to find yourself enslaved, shipped halfway around the world to be bought, only to be set free. My goodness. And therein lies the subject of today's broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. We're back looking at our series called Rescued, and as we'll see today, one of the key elements of being rescued by God from our sin is that that slavery to sin has ended. This rescue has set us free. With more, here's Pastor Phil. I remember counseling a woman in this church years ago that was married to a professionist. And uh, uh, I thought she was a beautiful woman, a talented woman, a uh, vivacious, uh, joyful kind of person. And... uh, but this guy she's living with could not appreciate her. And uh, he did things like this. And I know uh, this is true. This happened in the... He would come home from work. And this is what they're saying in counseling. Uh, and he would come home. And since he was a clean freak, he would run his hand over the fridge. And if there was any lint or dust, he'd start lecturing her. You know, like you mothers with a bunch of children, you keep the lint off the refrigerator. You know, that, that's on your to-do list every day. And, and he would do this, and, and he would do, and then he would just start chewing on her. This, that, she could never do enough to please him. And so they divorced. And, um, one of the worst, most foolish decisions he ever made. See, it's hard to be married to perfection. And the law was perfect. So the law became a cruel husband. Just because I, I just can't measure up. I just can't measure up. I can't measure up. So what, what has God done? Now listen to what he says. So my brothers... You also died to the law. In the illustration, the husband dies, but here he's saying, we died through the body of Christ. So we're free from the first husband, as it were. That you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit to God. Hmm. I died to the law. I've been raised from the death I died. And now the purpose for my life is bearing fruit 
for this new husband. For when we were controlled by the sinful nature, the sinful passage aroused by the law were at work in our bodies, so that we bore fruit for death. But now by dying to what once bound us, we've been released from the law, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. The law can neither justify you nor can it sanctify you. The Christian life is faith and Holy Spirit. Reliance on God. God didn't save you to keep a bunch of rules. He already found us guilty of breaking them all. Why would he want to save you and start measuring you now by all the rules? You're not under rules. So that means you can live any way you want. He's making the argument. No, no. (coughs) But the thing changing you is not a rule, but a relationship. You've been put into a new relationship. You went from law. You went from those demands. And you've moved over and you belong to Christ. And he uses a phrase here that I don't think we get. I, I don't think I got it for years. Watch this little phrase. Why did you join me to this other one? Notice verse 4. That we might bear fruit to God. So when you get married, you buy an apple tree. How do you bear fruit in marriage? Relationship. Relationship. Do you need family ed at this time? That let's go back these times. No birth control. Large family was not a curse. It's a blessing. Still is if you can afford it. But the idea is when you are in intimate relationship with this husband and you were an available bride, inevitably she says, honey, I'm pregnant. You say, well, how did that happen? She said, well, it's a little late. What rule did you keep? What what rule? No, I'm saying almost paradise. I'm knocking at heaven's door. The last thing I thought of was paradise, and now I hear the baby crying. I made myself available to this risen Christ. And he says, through intimacy and available to me, I'm going to bear my fruit through you. And he's not talking about the vine and the branches here. He's talking about a marriage and having children in a marriage. Having fruit in a marriage, which was usually children. And they're not brought about by reading a rule book. They're brought about by being available to your heavenly bridegroom. That's why some of you aren't bearing any fruit. You're not in his arms. You've not made yourself available. You've become a a bride that, oh, 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 I don't want you. You know, 
Carolyn and I are on this new regiment. I have not achieved it yet, but she read somewhere that you ought to have seven hugs a day as a couple. Ever since she said that, it's been a burden. I'm up to three. I, I, I feel bad in the night feeling her hugging me when I'm trying to sleep. I'm over there. I wish. I'm sorry. I'm lying. But, you know, I never thought, and pretty soon you start counting, it is amazing how little you hug in marriage. How, how many of you hug your wife seven times a day? One, two, don't lie. No. I mean, just hug. Not trying to get them any other place, but you just hug it. I mean, it ought to just happen, right? Does it? Thank you for that honesty there, Matt. It'd be like this. If we made a rule that I had to kiss my wife four times a day, would that increase kissing? I can't hear anybody. I would resent every kiss. I, can you imagine? Look at this. You come home. Hello, wife. The state, Gavin Newsom, Pats in California. I have to kiss you four times a day. Got that baby over. I fulfill my obligation. And then she's saying, do you love me? Oh, what's that got to do with it? I got to keep the law. The law. The law. The law. You can't bear fruit to God under the law. Until you get rid of the rules and say, where is love, joy, peace, goodness, gentleness, kindness, patience, self-control? Where is that? It's only born in relationship to this heavenly, heavenly husband. And the Spirit, He's always pushing me to Christ, pushing me to Christ, telling me, what's your excuse for not making yourself available? Would you like to bear fruit unto life? You bore enough fruit unto death. Why don't you start bearing something that's living? What do you have to show for all your years in sin? Come on, show me. Let's, let's get it up here. We'd have a pile of a pile of broken relationships, a pile of regrets, a pile of pain. Why? Why were you more available to sin than you're willing to be to your God? Come on. Some of you just, you're saved and say, I'm forgiven. All right. That's the cross. We believe the gospel. But are you bearing fruit right now? Are you bearing fruit? It only comes when you make yourself available to this wonderful Savior. And you know, I, I imagine if I was using the analogy, the old husband was critical, demanding, uh, didn't know how to treat you. Uh, uh, when, when the babies came and uh, the stretch marks from the burying that baby in the travail of birth, oh no, no. Oh, your figure isn't what it used to be. All that kind of stupid stuff by which men say, uh, I've had men tell me if she doesn't lose weight, I don't know if our marriage can keep it up. Well, what does her weight have to do with your love? 
I'm meddling. I know. You mean you? She weighed a hundred. You can't love her at two hundred. Oh no 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 no! You're not married to that kind of a Christ. You're married to a Christ. I know everything you'll ever be or become. I love you forever. And you won't ever be lessened. You won't ever be lessened. What bothers me about that, husband, we're supposed to emulate that kind of love to our wife. Don't make her feel bad that she bore the children for you. And now maybe doesn't have the figure she had at 20. Oh, the sensuous, external, physical world that really forgets the true value of this person. And so God says, you're free in Christ. You're free to choose. You see, before Christ, you had lost your will, as it were. You were in bondage in the prison of your sin. Now, he says, I'm going to give you a freedom of choice. I freed you that you can choose. Only Adam and Eve and my son were born on the earth with freedom of choice. You lost it in the fall. But I want to restore it to you in Christ. Now you get to choose. Because I don't want to force myself on my bride. I will not force myself. I would just simply come. If you'll get in my arms. As it were, we'll raise a family together. We'll bear fruit together. It's not rules. It's relationship. All right. I want to let anyone that has a question about anything I've said, take 10 minutes. If you got a question, do you understand? Don't understand. Otherwise, yeah, thanks. So let's do that. And if that one decoy that I gave you a question to ask, you could ask it now. <laughs> Is there any question about what's been said? Do you understand what's been said? Okay, Jim. Now, Pastor, could the bearing of fruit also refer to um, evangelism? I think it would include it. I think that's a, that's a good analogy. Romans 15, he talked about fruit in the realm of evangelism. So I think it would in, may, maybe effectiveness in every way for God, whether evangelism, character, as in the fruit of the Spirit. It's a good question. Because hopefully you'd make them hungry to have what you have because they see this loving relationship going on. Sarah. Hi, Pastor. Um, so in this passage, it talks about that we're now dead to sin and alive to Christ. I hear the phrase a lot, um, oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Yeah. Which seems to me like, well, I'm still defining myself by my sin as a sinner. But it seems like this passage is saying... That's not who I am anymore. I'm dead to that. So do you think that that phrase is legitimate or? I think it's legitimate if you're saying, I know what God started with, a sinner. He started with me as a sinner. He declared me righteous. But I think you make a good observation. I should start saying, I am a new creation in Christ. I'm out of the old man. I am not what I used to be. 
I, you know, that's what bothered me when uh, I would hear in the 12-step program, I am a drunk. And the idea you got, I always will be. You know, because you're going there, my identity is my addiction. Uh, but First Corinthians says we could say, I was this, but I've been washed. I've been cleansed. So there ought to be a change. Uh, I think it was Luther who said the phenomenon of Christianity is that we're sinners at the same time we're declared righteous. And that's true. We're always aware. I think what we do, Sarah, we're so conscious that sin remains in us that sometimes we've got to say, well, I'm not sinless. I'm still, I'm just a sinner saved. So I think it's legitimate. But in our minds, we need to switch over here to Romans 6. Is this who God sees you as now? Or does he see you united to a victorious Christ? And so instead of maybe wallowing, wallowing in my sin over here with that little phrase, we ought to say, but I am, I've died to sin and I'm alive in Christ. And I think we ought to get to the alive. He's not on the cross. Where is he? He's a resurrected Christ up there. And that's where the passage says, I am. So quit hanging out at the tomb. Get to the ascension. Thank you, Pastor, for the message. Um, might be jumping a little bit ahead, but uh, like when we talk about slavery, um, there was a saying saying that if they only knew they were slaves, um, what about sin? If we did not know we were sinning before, um, how do we become free from sin if we didn't know we were sinning to begin with? Most people, it uh, doesn't take long to convince them that they are sinners because of the, the law, the Ten Commandments. Uh, that, But I think the big thing is, I know... You, you wouldn't think of it as slavery. It's just who I am. It's what I like to do. And so he's using a paradigm from God's point of view. They're doing what they're doing because they're a slave to it. They're, they made themselves, and he's just, they made themselves available to do it. Uh, and so that it doesn't take too much. It's, you are what you do. And God says most of what we did outside of Christ was sin. Word, thought, deed, we were available to sin. And that just was our life. And God started saying, hey, I put you in Christ to be available to him. And uh, I want you to start acting like the new man, acting what I made you to be. You're not a slave to this anymore. Cut it out. Cut it out. So I, I think, you, I love what he said in uh, 617. This kind of teaching, he said, sets you free. Most people maybe have never been taught the freedom that were granted in Christ. Pastor, to your left, friend named David's got a question. Okay, David, then we'll go. Yes, Pastor. My question comes from uh, Romans 6, verse 22. Okay. That you just mentioned. Verse 22 said, But now you have been set free from sin and have become slave to God. Is it fair to say that now we have become the righteousness of God? That word slave, can we translate that word slave as a righteousness of God? Now I have become the righteousness of God? 
I'm now, because, as I was a slave to sin, I'm now presenting my body, and he's using the analogy, and whoever I present myself to, we're going to call him a slave to keep it with his illustration. But in this slavery, I produce righteousness that produces holiness that manifests itself in eternal life. So he's saying, why don't you get in the life business and quit giving yourself to the sin business? Okay. So that righteousness is not justification, but a, a, a holy life. That you, I'm doing things right, and it results in holiness. And holiness means set apartness to be clean. I'm clean. I'm clean. My dad said, you you can't handle skunks without smelling like them. Okay. And then you you smell like the sin you're doing. And you also said, we're not bearing fruit because we are not in in his arm. We're like a bride that's far, far away. Yep. And just listening to you, the scripture came to my mind on John chapter 15, uh, verse... uh, He said, I am divine and you are the branch. No branch can bear fruit itself. So, like you said, if we connect to the Lord Jesus Christ and, and he's divine and we're the branch, that's the only way that we can bear fruit and the fruit of... And look, with illustration. The, the branch and the vine connection connection you got to be in connection now we come over here with this marriage analogy you got to be available you got to be available uh, pregnancies don't happen in unavailability distant we're married she's in that bedroom I'm in this one we have meals together oh no 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 it, it uses that term uh, you've been saved to an intimate relationship with the risen Christ he's not trying to get sex minded or procreation but that is in that relationship there the only one that applies procreative relationships come out of assume loving available relationship so one I, I'm connected to the vine over here I'm connected to the head and as a result we have love children and it's fruit of the Spirit, Christ, Brandy. I'm thinking about this question just based on maybe trying to evangelize an atheist. So when 614 it says, For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. So that makes sense to a Jew. But how does that correlate with a Gentile or a, a pagan? I think he would say, uh, you, you've been using too much marijuana. <laughs> he wouldn't have a clue. He, he wouldn't have a, I think what you do with that unsafe guy, you stay in Romans 1 through 3. This is Christian life. This is how the Christian life. It's like talking to him about election. Does the Bible teach election? Yeah, sure it does. All over. But man, let's have the wisdom and we're not talking to them about that back here, as it were. Let's present the gospel and their fallen condition. Pick our subject matter. 
And so I think this is Christian life truth, which most Christians don't understand or have been taught. I sure never was. And so I think you're, hey, now that you're in Christ, let's discuss what that life is to look like. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. As we conclude our time together today, we would invite you to contact us if you have questions, comments about the broadcast. Maybe you have a question about your own walk and relationship with the Lord or a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us today. Now, we have a couple of ways to do so. The easiest might be simply visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org. You can drop us an email. We have other means of contact that you'll find there at truthfortodayradio.org. We also have a lot of resource materials available for your growth and relationship with Christ. Our design and desire is to see that you grow in Christ, grow according to His knowledge and grace. Any way we can help, well, that's why we're here. So stop by truthfortodayradio.org or simply give us a call. 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. Please bear in mind as you contact us that this is a listener-supported ministry. As you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. Prayerfully consider how you might get involved in the ministry of Truth For Today, won't you? 855 833-9864 or write to us. Our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue Suite 278 Hercules, California The zip code is 94547 And that website once again truthfortodayradio.org It is a pleasure spending time with you in God's Word. We trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 